You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us today. We're going to have a blast in the Word of God today. It's going to be good. Listen, you're in my leadership edition of the How to Win, and I want to assist you in taking your leadership to another level. And if you are an aspiring leader, you maybe don't, you don't have a leadership position right now. Listen, we're going to help you. It's good to prepare yourself ahead of time because you are a leader. Listen, I began a series. It's, it's really powerful. It's entitled A Leadership Mentality. It's possible to not have one, a leadership mentality. Leadership effectiveness or ineffectiveness is a reflection of the leader's thinking. I've learned this through experience that successful leaders are separated from unsuccessful leaders by one thing, and that is how they think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart or in his mind, so is he. That's true even in leadership. You show me a successful leader who leads on a high level over a period of time, I'll show you a leader who has developed his or her thinking. How you think as a leader is so very important. And the beauty of this situation is that you can grow and develop your thinking So we're talking about how the leader thinks. This is a three-part series. We concluded part one that we entitled Foundation. And we began in our last episode, part two, and part two has to do with concepts. And then later we'll deal with attitude in part three. So this is... Part two, concepts, and there are four elements of thinking through concepts, four elements. In this part, part two, we're talking about analytical thinking. Secondly, conceptual thinking. Thirdly, strategic thinking. And then fourthly, customer customer-oriented thinking. So we concluded in our first lesson, analytical thinking. Today, we're going to talk about conceptual thinking. Now, analytical thinking is critical to your leadership journey and your leadership development. Conceptual thinking will take us deeper. Come on, say deeper. It's a deeper way to think. 
And I believe that every person has a propensity toward a way of thinking. But as I said in our first episode of part two, I said that you can grow and develop your thinking in areas, in elements beyond your propensity. And as a leader, you should have a team and it's always helpful to have a team of people who think different than you think. That's just so very more important because it, it causes your thinking to be broader, gives you a broader perspective. If everybody thinks just like you, then you have a very narrow perspective. So let's talk about uh, conceptual thinking because this is uh, somewhat more difficult for people to grasp. I'm gonna give you a definition that we're gonna work with concerning what conceptual thinking is. And then I'm gonna give you a Bible example of an individual who demonstrated conceptual thinking. Then thirdly, I'm gonna give you a personal example from my own life of conceptual thinking. And then finally, I'm going to give you some keys to develop uh, your thinking capacity in this area, conceptual thinking. So let's begin with our definition. Let's talk about what is conceptual thinking. And here's the definition that we're going to work with in this episode. Conceptual thinking is a thinking pathway that expands our ability to understand a situation or problem by looking at the bigger picture, applying principles, not just facts, and identifying patterns, connections, and past experiences. This is a rather long definition, so I'll go back and I'll, I'll give it to you, try to slow down. But this is so critical to you elevating your leadership. Conceptual thinking. Conceptual thinking is a thinking pathway that expands our ability, your ability to understand a situation or problem. It is a pathway that expands your ability to understand a situation or problem by looking at the bigger picture. In conceptual thinking, you will be <clears throat> you will be looking at the bigger picture, applying principles, not just facts, in analytical thinking, we apply facts. Conceptual thinking, we apply principles, not just facts. We will have facts as a part of our thinking, but it's applying principles and then identifying patterns, connections, and past experiences. Now, 
I want to give you a Bible example. My leadership uh, is based off biblical principles. Many years ago, the Holy Spirit said to me that the Word of God, the Bible, is the answer. The answer to any problem that a person may have, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, social, financial, any problem. But it is the it is also the answer to leadership and leadership effectiveness. So when I teach on leadership, it is based off biblical principles. So I will share a concept or a definition, and then I will take you to a Bible example or proof text that serves as the foundation of the principle that I'm sharing. We're talking about conceptual thinking. I want us to look at a a passage of scripture in the Bible that demonstrates a leader will demonstrate conceptual thinking. It's Acts 5, 33 through 39. Now, I want to bring some historical context so that you'll understand this passage. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, two apostles of Jesus Christ, are headed to the temple at the hour of prayer. There's a man at the gate begging who had who was lame and who had never walked. Peter, through the power of God and the name of Jesus, commanded that man to walk. And he got up, never had walked. And the Bible says he leaped and he walked and he praised God. As you can imagine, this miracle stirred up the city. I mean, it stirred up the city. And, and the religious leaders who should have been excited about it called Peter and John on the carpet and, and, and reprimanded them for this miracle. In fact, they commanded them to not even do any more work, any more teaching in this, the name of this man, Jesus, and then in the fourth chapter, they continued in spite of what they had been instructed by the religious leaders to preach and to teach. And 5,000 people were saved. So this is so the religious leaders had Peter and John arrested and commanded them to not preach in the name of Jesus. Wow. An angel came, unlocked the prison, let Peter and John go and told them, go right back and preach. And they went back and preached. And then the religious leaders called them back on the carpet again and again reprimanded them and commanded them to not teach in the name of Jesus. So verse 33, Acts 5, 33, verse 39, when they heard this, they were furious. The religious leaders heard Peter and John say, we're going to obey God no matter what you say to us. We're going to obey God. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. The one in the then one in the council stood up a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, 
Thutis rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. Thutis was slain and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men, let them alone, for if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you even be found to fight against God. When we look at this passage, we see that Gamaliel, a religious leader, is operating in conceptual thinking Notice here, he's looking beyond the facts. The facts are these men, Peter, John, and the apostles, are stirring up the city. The facts are a notable miracle took place. The facts are that if they kill these men, they will momentarily stop the movement. Those are the facts. But conceptual thinking looks beyond the facts and apply principles. So Gamaliel said, now listen, if this is a movement of men, it will scatter. If it's a movement of God, you cannot stop it. That he's applied a principle. And then he talks about the big picture. The big picture is we don't want to be fighting against God. And then finally, he brought in patterns and connections and past experience. He said, now listen, guys, Thutis, uh, a rebellious leader, rose up. 400 men followed him. He was killed and everybody scattered. Judas of Galilee, he rose up and many people followed him, but he was killed. And after him, everybody obeyed him scattered. So he's bringing up connections and past experiences to give them a solution. So leave them alone. Don't do what you said you were going to do. You want to kill these men. Don't do that. That's going to cause great problems if you do that, because if it's of God, then you cannot stop it. That is conceptual thinking. I want to share an illustration of conceptual thinking when I was a pastor. I pastored for 42 years and eight months, and a part of pastoring is fundraising. We didn't call it that, but you have to have financial resources in order to facilitate any vision. Any pastor knows that. I taught uh, uh, consistently what the Bible calls tithes and offerings. But from time to time, I would have members of my church, non-members and or business people that would come and give me a proposal on how we could raise funds for the church. And 100% of the time, I chose not to follow those proposals. And it was my conceptual thinking that led me to the decision. I had to look beyond the facts. 
conceptual thinking always involves looking beyond the facts. The facts were that I were dealing with members who had integrity. I was dealing with uh, business people who had integrity. I was dealing with non-members who had integrity. The proposal was not some illicit, immoral something. These people had integrity. The facts is that money would be given to the church because the proposal was that if I got my members to take this this proposal, it could have been a phone card, it could have been something else. But I, as the pastor, was to present it to the congregation. If the members bought into it, it would, it would cause funds to come to the church because the proposal, they would take 10% of what came out of this proposal and give it to the church. The facts were also, that the members, let's say it was a phone card, would save them money. Those were the facts. So we got facts there, but conceptual thinking is thinking beyond the facts. I had to apply a guiding principle. A guiding principle in my life was that I had influence, and my influence with my congregation was a stewardship to God. So I was very aware of how I use my influence. And my guiding principle was, this is me now, I'm not talking about other pastors, my guiding principle, that if I took something from somebody else, some kind of fundraiser from somebody else, apart from what God had outlined in scripture tithes and offerings, then for me, it was would be a misuse of my influence because if I brought the product in front of my congregation, because I had influence, some people would buy into it. But I didn't feel that I should use my influence to communicate and sell products. That was me. I'm not saying anybody else was wrong. That was me. That was a God in principle. I had to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture was, do I want to build the financial foundation on my of my church on what is explicitly mentioned in scripture, tithes and offerings, or did I want to build it off products that I would bring to the church? Because if I built it on products or fundraising things, I would have to keep coming up with fundraising methods and, and tools to get people to give. I didn't want to do that. The bigger picture for me, let's build this off the word because I can be consistent. I don't have to come up with anything different. I can be consistent and I can release my faith that God would support his financial plan in scripture of tithes and offerings. That is conceptual thinking. I brought in past experiences where other leaders had used fundraisers, and not all were bad, but some caused problems in their church because something happened within the framework of the proposal and the product, and I didn't want to deal with that. That is an example of conceptual thinking. Now I want to give you some keys, five keys, to developing conceptual thinking because you need to be able to think deep beyond the facts and make decisions. Number one, to develop conceptual thinking, you must broaden your knowledge uh, uh, base concerning leadership. That's 
the beginning. Bron, your knowledge. Read books. Listen to my podcast. Listen to other podcasts on leadership to broaden your thinking about leadership. Number two, develop a creative environment where new ideas are welcome. Create a, 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 a creative environment because creative people think outside of the box. Number three, embrace creative people. If you bring around you creative people, they're going to force you to think outside of the box, outside of just the facts, outside of that. So embrace creative people. Number four, look for opportunities to accept cross-functional assignments, especially if you're a leader in an organization. See whether you can work in different areas, different areas, different departments, because when you work in different areas, different departments, it broadens your way of thinking. And conceptual thinking involves a broadened perspective beyond just the facts. And then finally, expose yourself to great thinkers. Great thing. Any person, any situation, any leader that you view as a great thinker, expose yourself to them. Ask them questions. Why did you make this decision? Why did you do this? And it will expand your capacity to think. Now, this concludes our second lesson episode on concepts thinking through concepts. We've talked about analytical thinking. We've talked about conceptual thinking. And in our next lesson, we're going to talk about strategic thinking. I trust you've been blessed today. I thank you for taking this journey with me. Share the podcast with others. Okay, become a subscriber of Mike Moore Ministries. Listen, I thank you for spending this time with me and I look forward to seeing you next time.